0: Happy Monday, everyone. Thanks for listening to the AC Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Throw down $5 on the remaining NCAA tournament games and you get $200 in free plays if that team wins. That simple, that easy. All right. Again, with John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Now, we've talked about Arizona basketball this past season. Now we're going to talk about Arizona basketball, what we'd like to see this offseason from them, some certain players coming back, yada, yada. First and foremost, and uh, Kelvin Sampson, I thought, made an interesting point in the postgame presser. I don't know if you saw this. I did not. He said that he didn't believe that the uh, when he was asked about how he was so effective against Arizona's offense, he said that he didn't believe that uh, the Pac-12 teams defended Arizona right. Or correctly, he said that uh, there was far too much. He said there was far too much switching that occurred in the Pac-12. He said this. uh, His game plan from the very beginning was that you were going to fight through these screens. You were going to stay on your guy, and you were going to be physical
1: with him. What do you think about that? Yeah, based on the way that uh, Houston played, you could make a, an argument that that worked reasonably well. Correct. The other thing that works in that capacity is that Houston has better athletes than mm. uh, outside of Oregon and maybe UCLA and I guess SC. Right. Everybody else in the conference, too. So right. those things, uh, those those two aspects help. It's an interesting take. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been one is of it the... A hot take? uh depends on how hot you think Kelvin Sampson is. And are coaches allowed to have hot takes? Right. Or is that only just an annoying sports media thing? I think that's exactly what it is. Okay, yes. just an annoying sports Correct. media yes. thing, but not a that's coach thing? Coaches is. are not allowed to have I, hot I, takes? I, I agree. Okay, so if coaches aren't allowed to have hot takes, then it was right. not. And it was an informative piece of strategic information. I think on a slightly deeper level, this has been one of the discussions on how best to defend an effective offense. Right. And... Let's be honest, even though both teams are out of the tournament, over the course of a season, Mm -hmm. Gonzaga and Arizona, and of course we bring up Gonzaga a lot because Tommy Lloyd used to be the assistant there, has has brought a lot of those stylings to this program. Mm -hmm. You look at the two offenses, they're very (laughs) similar. They're They're also very effective, and they score a lot of points. So how do you go about best defending Uh, those sorts of, that sort of offense, assuming that you have the personnel to be able to do it, which Houston clearly did. And I think one of the discussions there is uh, when you're playing man-to-man principles, do you try to switch on this because they screen a lot, or like Houston, do you fight through screens? Now I think the thing that becomes interesting to watch in the is will other Pac-12 teams play Arizona like Houston did, mm-hmm. and if they did, how effective will they be? And the follow-up question from that will be: uh, How does it? If it is, if they are effective in doing it, how does Arizona adjust? Right.
0: All right. So now let's talk about certain players in here: Christian Coloco. Um, there's a lot of rumors, you know. Is Christian Coloco going to come back? Is he going to stay? What's the deal with Christian Coloco? When you watch Chris- Christian Coloco from an unvarnished perspective, do you believe that he should come back next year?
1: Uh, I don't. He's blame generally him. looked
0: don't... at as a. The ESPN came out with their rankings, and okay. he's generally viewed as an early second, late first round possibility.
1: Late first round, early second. If it was. You're better at this than I am. Mm-hmm. My and, and and I'll I'll hedge that a little bit and then throw the question back to you. Uh, I see two players on this team that fall under the category if of they could benefit their overall stock position in next year's draft likely by returning, but I get it if they go. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Coloco and Daylon Terry are those two players. Right. Uh, now. Sure, you can ask me, but the reality and thank for thank you for doing that. I did The, That's the, why I asked the, you. the reality here is though that you watch a hell of a lot more NBA than I do, mm-hmm. uh, so your ability to look at a player and transition that game to the next <laughs> level is probably a lot more insightful uh, than mine is. So, if I guess, what do you think? If he's in that, if, po- if he's in that, I think I think a lot of times when guys
0: uh, leave or they come or you know, excuse me, when guys. Uh, leave they're worried about you know if i come back for another year i'm a year older you know i can be exposed coloco to me is a little bit different and then a lot of guys if, if when they come back they're just a year older i don't know that they're necessarily a better prospect when you look at coloco you can still tell that he's definitely just Scratching the surface of what he could be, uh, what he could possibly be. I mean, just look at the difference from last year to this year. If he comes back and he shows that he's gonna becomes an effective jump shooter, and again, not like uh, I'm not looking for him to be Salim Stoudemire, but if he can be a guy that takes a couple threes a game and hits it at a 35 percent clip, I think he makes himself far more advantageous if you're an NBA team. But he's not going 30 in this year's draft.
1: He's going 10 in next year's Correct. draft.
0: Correct. I Well, yes, because defensively, I don't think anybody has any concerns. There's few concerns about what he needs. Uh, I think what he needs to do from a strength perspective and I don't think that that's any real uh, um any so, real so,
1: for so so, you think it's a benefit for him to return?
0: I do I do okay. I think that I think that he could help himself immensely a lot of guys I don't think they can really help like Stanley Johnson could have stayed another year and I don't think Stanley Johnson is any better of a pro prospect I think Hollis Jefferson was you know much the same way I think that it, you are kind of what you are at that point he's a guy though that because when you look at him he's still raw he's still figuring out the game I can see him be coming back and being a top 15 pick.
1: Okay how do you balance this if that's If that's the case, and I'm sure we'll find out in relatively short order one way or the other. Uh, If you're the Arizona coaching staff and Tommy Lloyd, you've got to balance the flow of your offense with... Uh, finding uh, opportunities for Coloco to shoot 15-footers and maybe sometimes even longer perimeter shots. Is that something that you want within the flow of your offense? And if it is, if and he how can do you ma- balance if it? If he can it? make it, yeah. But, you know, I, I actually tend to think that he can make them.
0: Um, I think his his form is a little bit better than maybe people give him credit for. I, I could see him uh, I could see him emerging in that light. Uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I could see that being a possibility right there. Okay. Okay. Um, one thing, though, that you don't need to worry about emerging is the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Throw down $5 on these NCAA tournament games. There's only a few games remaining, and if that team wins, you get $200 in free plays. You might want to bet on Duke. Um, I think I, I think Duke's going to win it all. What do you think?
1: Uh, you know, I, hey, last week I think I randomly threw Kansas out there, and I guess Kansas oh. is still alive. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, this this is so bleep and tailor made from an overall theatrical standpoint that so it, it just feels like and and so tailor made in that North Carolina got into this position too mm-hmm. because Carolina ruined the party at uh, right. Cameron right. and and so now you get to go through the process of getting one last shot at your bitter arch rival and yeah it's it, it, this almost feels scripted. All right, 21 and up, Arizona only got a gambling problem. One eight hundred
0: next step. All right, Daylon Terry now. Let's let's chat a little bit about the youngster from Phoenix. Uh, a guy that I think made uh, incredible improvements this year, and I think he was one of the, well, a lot of guys were big beneficiaries of Tommy Lloyd taking over, but I think he was a guy that uh, certainly was because I think he was allowed to do a little bit of everything out there as opposed to just being confined to this kind of, Box where okay, you play defense and you stand in the corner over there. He was able to show he's a good secondary ball handler, a good uh, you know a good passer, good shooter, or a developing shooter. I'll put it to you like that. Um, he's another guy that I think he I think he's probably got a lot to gain if he came back. I think I could see him being a guy that averages fourteen points, six rebounds, six assists, something in that. What are the projections
1: on him? He's mid for he's mid second round, mid second round, right? So I wow. would one hundred percent right. Wow. Okay, all right. Question. In regards to Coloco and Terry, what combine type events do these players go to to try to show off their skill set in a way that might get them moving up the draft uh, they do, the do like a bunch of cone
0: they do a bunch of cone drills a bunch of lateral agility drills three point shots it's kind of a it's a little bit like the nba it's a little so, bit like the
1: nba so if you're let's say let's say espn's thing is relatively accurate in the nba you know this is sort of how the draft's going to go uh, and you've got Coloco at about 25 to 35 and you've got Terry at 50 right um, is there any chance that either of them move up significantly in the draft uh, to where they to 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 where temptation takes over in I, there. I could see that with Coloco,
0: especially when you measure him out and you see how he moves. I think that there's certainly a chance of that with Christian Coloco. But
1: you don't think Terry would make dramatic uh, strides uh, given the same
0: I you know off-season both, both, opportunities. Yeah, I mean uh, he could, but the thing with Coloco is he's 7 foot 1. And I think that's just, you know, I mean, you could find, you can't find a lot of guys that, you know, defensively can do a Coloco can yeah. at that size. So, I mean, that's a great question. I would advise both of those guys that, because I think they're both clearly first round talents and if they, you know, reach their potential. I would advise both of those guys to come back. Okay. Um, but uh, now let's talk a little bit, well, I'll tell you what, let's, first of all, Need to remind you again because I don't think we did a good enough job at the time about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I've heard about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. Five dollars on these NCAA tournament games. You got Final Four and the national championship. Your team wins. You get two hundred dollars in free plays. That simple. That easy. Make it happen. When I look at this team for next year's shoe, this uh, Arizona, I think there's two things that I think. I think they need to get. I think they need to get a little bit more physically. uh how do I put it? physically uh spry, I guess. Um I, I think I was deluded a little bit into thinking that this team was more athletic than it was. And it because you look at Matherin, you look at Terry, you look at Coloco, and you're like, oh, those guys. But you also gotta remember there's other guys out there that aren't necessarily plus athletes, and that was shown certainly against Houston, where you know, you've got a guy in a, a, a Julius Tabelas that was a step slow everywhere. Kirk Creese is certainly not a great athlete, um, and you can go on and on down the list. We like our guy Ballo, Chad McDonald. Sorry if you're going to get offended by this, but I don't think you can look at Ballo and say that's a great athlete per se, right there. I think they got
1: to get a little bit more athletic. I think they got to get a little bit more of an edge. And but you have to balance athleticism and edge with being able to fit that within your style, right? Because to a large degree. In all honesty, is Villanova more athletic than Arizona? Right. They're not. No. I right. mean not really. Right. Uh, so from an athleticism standpoint, uh, you know, that wasn't the difference and the reason that Villanova's in the final four. Right. Uh, now they're tough. They're 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 remarkably sound fundamentally. And watching the Villanova game against Houston was like watching the Houston game against Arizona, right. where one team got a six-point lead right. and it was six points the whole damn right. way, and 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 one team couldn't score four buckets in a row to change right. the complexion of the outcome, and the other team couldn't score enough to ultimately open it up until about the last what forty-five seconds of the game, mm-hmm. and and so so it really felt like they just kind of changed things around. So what made Villanova a better matchup for? Houston than Arizona was by just a little bit. It wasn't a lot. I can answer that. Okay. One team went one of twenty from three point range. Mm, that, I, I'm betting that team was not uh, Villanova. Correct. But <laughs> you know it. what? And you and I were sitting there talking. Even though Villanova scored 50 points in that game. Right. Right. It's, sure. uh, so so it's not like this was an offensive juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination.
0: That was a defensive grinder. You and you and I were sitting there watching uh, at uh, Bob Dobbs. We were watching this game, and we both I think kind of made the same point. And like, when we both make the same point, it generally means that it's 100 percent accurate. That's uh, I think it's you can could... spot- on yeah
1: okay but uh none none of the two of us here are gonna clearly argue that correct
0: um but i think that houston was more worried about villanova's guards than they were arizona's guards because i I think think that i think that they had a i think there was a worry that you know what if we do get up on these guys they can get by us or and you know you, you look at it i don't think teams quite frankly even though he's a clutch guy I don't think teams are scared by any means of Kirk Kreese. No. Or I, getting no. up on Kirk Kreese. I think no. there was a far more of a respect in mm-hmm. play with the
1: Villanova guards yeah, there. Yeah, because you could penetrate and dish, and they'd have open looks from three. Right. And even if they were good enough, maybe that was going to be good enough. Clearly, their effectiveness was on the defensive end. And they were able to limit Houston's offensive rebounding game, mm-hmm. which I thought was uh, really surprising. And they that was probably where they really excelled, and Arizona didn't. Right. Necessarily, right. and so that's where a lot of that physicality discussion comes into play. Let's—I I, mean—was Arizona exposed against Houston in, in some key positions on the floor? Yes, and you know to them, Carisa had the ankle, but we know that he's had you know athletic Tiger limitations Campbell and throughout, the, Brown, throughout say I, the years. Right. That happens. A lot of teams have that. Tabellus was probably more frustrating, and and he's the one who probably who has to address some things because the reality is I don't think Kreese is coming back next year. Right. At two hundred twenty pounds, right. you know, and and, and, and with, a, with, as a as Reggie a, Geary athlete, with, exactly with right. a full back body, right? You know what you have in Crease, and you like his Moxie and his style, and you deal with the deficiencies. Tabellas has an excellent skill set who also is in a position where he can be a little bit more physical mm-hmm. and a little bit more clever, and that's something that helps. I think Arizona had the talent this year to win the national title, mm-hmm. e- even though in positions there was exposure that ultimately hurt them. Right. There are a lot of teams that fall into onto this category. Would you like to be more, more edgy in a way that fits into your system with a guy who you know can get you a key rebound or something like that? Yeah, but you have to—absolutely— a- But you have to be careful, I think, at the same time to be able to do that with a guy who also fits into your system and figure out how that ultimately can work. And I think there are a lot of players coming back on this team who can make Arizona very good next year. And Tabelas, I think, is going to be one of the really interesting ones to pay attention to because we need to see whether with his skill set, he can add to a little bit more physicality and an aggressiveness and a willingness to get in there and not melt if someone gets up in his face and makes things difficult on him.
0: All right, we're going to talk about that throughout the uh, offseason. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.